Wasted Words from the Almond Brothers Band off the Brothers and Sisters album. In part two of We Can Use Heroes, before I actually get to talking about heroes, I want to spend some more time talking about those that are definitely not heroes. I guess the focus of this podcast is going to be talking about Dumb and Dumber. Over on all day, and there's not a single job in this town. There is nothing, nada, zip. Yeah, unless you want to work 40 hours a week. <laughs> there's a number of people that are eligible for those titles. I decided to pick two from my new home state of Florida. The first one up is Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida. It's amazing to me that he was ever elected governor of this state. If I really want to get a sense of who this guy is and the level of intelligence that he has, all I have to do is go back to watch a video of him in April of 2020 where he's at a news conference and before he's ready to speak, he attempts to put on a mask. Unfortunately, he doesn't know how to put it on correctly. That in itself tells me what a pitiful man he is to not even be able to understand how to put a mask on. But what's worse than that is his tendency to just follow whatever Donald Trump wanted him to do or how to act. Then in May of last year, he attempts to downplay how bad the virus is and thinks it's all a big drummed up situation that isn't as bad as people are letting on. Our data is available. Our data is transparent. In fact, Dr. Burks has talked multiple times about how Florida has the absolute best data. So any insinuation otherwise is just typical partisan narrative trying to be spun. And part of the reason is that because you got a lot of people in your profession who waxed poetically for weeks and weeks about how Florida was going to be just like New York. Wait two weeks, Florida's going to be next. Just like Italy, wait two weeks. Well, hell, we're eight weeks away from that, and it hasn't happened. Not only do we have a lower death rate, well, we have way lower deaths generally, we have a lower death rate than the Acela Corridor, D.C., everyone up there. We have a lower death rate than the Midwest, Illinois, Michigan, Indiana, Ohio. But even in our region, Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, Florida has the lower death rate. And I was the number one landing spot from tens of thousands of people leaving the number one hot zone in the world to come to my state. So we've succeeded, and I think that people just don't want to recognize it because it challenges their narrative, it challenges their assumption, so they got to try to find a boogeyman. Maybe it's that there are black helicopters circling the Department of Health. If you believe that, um, I got a bridge in Brooklyn I'd like to sell you. Last question. 
So, Ron DeSantis, it looked like the boogeyman or the black helicopters did arrive because as the summer went on, Florida got worse and worse. And even today, as of January 5th, at least 98 new coronavirus deaths and over 15,000 new cases were reported in Florida. Over the past week, there's been an average of 14,267 cases per day and an increase of 26% from the average two weeks early. And listen how empathetic he is to senior citizens in the state of Florida. Florida's ground zero for the nursing home. I mean, we're God's waiting room. We have a huge number of facilities, a huge number of residents. So, Ron, you just see senior citizens as just people coming here for God's waiting room. That's a very empathetic approach, I would say. But if you look at his whole situation throughout this pandemic, he's mimicked everything that Donald Trump has as far as denying it and downplaying the whole pandemic. And also like Trump, he's been very disorganized, very disinterested and really following through with a cohesive plan. On Monday, January 4th, he held a press conference in which he gave misinformation regarding vaccinations. Unfortunately, his instructions were incorrect, and a spokesperson from the hospital later had to clarify that the online portal DeSantis cited only allowed local frontline health workers, hospital employees, and their families and residents and staff of long-term care facilities to register, not the general public. So, since Trump's defeat... Ron DeSantis has basically buried himself in the sand and hid out. It's been very difficult for people to contact him and get any kind of information. So every step of the way, DeSantis basically has mimicked Trump with taking no responsibility and pushing any type of responsibility downward so that when it comes to the situation with the virus, he doesn't have to take any responsibility for any inaction. So, Ron DeSantis is dumb. Now, who could be dumber? Well, my candidate for that is Matt Gates. Matt Gates has been a vocal supporter of the Tea Party's agenda, crusading against the Affordable Care Act and Medicaid expansion in a state with 2.6 million uninsured residents. But Gates wouldn't be here or be where he is today without government health care programs. In the late 1970s, his father co-founded a non-profit hospice company that successfully lobbied Congress to allow Medicare and Medicaid to cover its services. Once the public money started flowing, the non-profit became a for-profit corporation that grew into the country's largest hospice care provider. After graduating from William and Mary's Law School in 2007, Matt Gates went to work for a politically connected firm in Fort Walton Beach, near Niceville. He mostly worked on pretty pedestrian legal matters befitting a junior associate in a region whose biggest city, Pensacola, which is home to about 50,000 people. He filed a debt collection suit against an elderly woman who couldn't pay the home care firm owned by his own dad. Matt also represented a homeowners association, fighting the county over the placement of a beach volleyball net. And he sued the Red Fish Chicks, two professional fishing women, accused of absconding with a $50,000 boat belonging to a local restaurant that had hired them to promote it. 
Less than a year into the job, he became one of the firm's clients. One night in October 2008, Getz was driving his dad's BMW home from a nightclub when a sheriff's deputy pulled him over for speeding. This resulted in Gates being arrested for DUI. But it was interesting during the impeachment hearings that he conveniently forgot about his own past when he brought up an issue with Hunter Biden. I don't want to make light of anybody's substance abuse issues. I know the president's working real hard to solve those throughout the country. But it's a little hard to believe that Barisma hired Hunter Biden to resolve their international disputes when he could not resolve his own dispute with Hertz rental car over leaving cocaine and a crack pipe in the car. Now, I'm sure Matt Gates, when he said that, thought he was going to be so clever and so smart for bringing that up. But he got caught in his own trap. The pot calling the kettle black is not something that we should do. I don't know... I don't know what members, if any, have had any problems with substance abuse, been busted in uh, DUI. Uh, I don't know. But if I did, I wouldn't raise it. Now, this isn't the only time that Matt Gates has gotten laughed at by his what he thinks is his clever comments. Do you have personal knowledge regarding the truth or falsity of a single material fact in the Mueller report? I, I think if you recall the first thing I said, I'm not here as a fact witness. You're here to provide historical context. Exactly. And throughout history, you accuse presidents of acting like Richard Nixon, and you make money off of it, right? Not all presidents, no. No, but a few more Those than Those who do act like him, I pointed out. Let me ask you this question. How do Democrats plan to pay for Medicare for all? I'm sorry? How do, well, I figured if we were going to ask you about stuff you don't know about, we'd start with the big stuff. So do you know how they plan to pay for Medicare for all? Uh, who? The Democrats or which candidate or can well, you be more specific? Let's get specific to Nixon since that appears to be why you're here. Do you believe? Well, actually, Nixon did have a health care plan. <laughs> good. Good. Well, do you believe if we if we turned the lights off here and maybe lit some candles, got out a Ouija board, we could potentially raise the specter of Richard Nixon? <laughs> I, I doubt that. Well, it. it- So what did Matt Gates do in response to that humiliation? Well, he happened to post that same interview during the hearing and happened to edit it a bit so it didn't have the laughing portion of the interview. For Medicare for all? Uh, Who? The Democrats or which candidate or can you be more specific? Let's get specific to Nixon since that appears to be why you're here. If we turned the lights off here and maybe lit some candles, got out a Ouija board, we could potentially raise the specter of Richard Nixon. So Matt Gates doesn't like to be laughed at. But I referred to him as kind of like a mini Trump. Throughout his life, he's relied on his daddy's success, just like Trump, to pay for his political ambitions and bail him out of failures. As the president's guest at the 2018 State of the Union address, Gates brought a conspiracy theorist who questioned whether the Nazis actually used gas chambers. Gates hired a speechwriter who has been forced out of the White House because of his association with white nationalists. During a gun control hearing, Gates tried to get the parents of two Parkland school shooting victims ejected. And during the July 2020 hearing, Judiciary Committee hearing with CEOs from major tech companies, Gates defended multiple homophobic, Islamophobic, and anti-Semitic groups, including one that is federally designated as a terrorist organization. 
So I would say Gates and DeSantis have both desperately tried to be Trump's favorite little puppet. And in the course of that time, have made fools of themselves and thus merit the dumb and dumber titles. But let me tell you, there's been numerous other candidates for that title. For example, Doug Collins. ...that we'll lose again. So we've got to do this now. The clock in the calendar of what's driving impeachment, not the facts. When we understand this, that's what the witnesses here will say today. What do we have here today? What is really interesting over the today and for the next few weeks is America will see why most people don't go to law school. No offense to our professors. But please, really, we're bringing you in here today to testify on stuff that most of you have already written about, all four, for the opinions that we already know, out of the classrooms that maybe you're getting ready for finals in, to discuss things that you probably haven't even had a chance to say, unless you're really good on TV of watching the hearings for the last couple of weeks, you couldn't have possibly actually digested the Adam Schiff report from yesterday or the Republican response in any real way. Now, we can be theoretical all we want, but the American people is really going to look at this and say, huh? What are we doing? Thank you so much for the opportunity to testify. Twice I have had the privilege of representing this committee uh, and its leadership in voting rights cases before the Supreme Court. Once when it was under the leadership of <coughs> Chairman Sensenbrenner, and it's good to see you again, sir, uh, and with Mr. Shabat as one of my other clients, uh, and once under the leadership of Chairman Conyers. It was a great honor for me to represent this committee because of this committee's key role over the past 50 years in ensuring that American citizens have the right to vote in free and fair elections. Today, you're being asked to consider whether protecting those elections requires impeaching a president. That is an awesome responsibility. But everything I know about our Constitution and its values, and my review of the evidentiary record, and here, Mr. Collins, I would like to say to you, sir, that I read transcripts of every one of the witnesses who appeared in the live hearing because I would not speak about these things without reviewing the facts. So I'm insulted by the suggestion that as a law professor, I don't care about those facts. But everything I read on those occasions tells me that when President Trump invited, indeed demanded foreign involvement in our upcoming election, he struck at the very heart of what makes this a republic to which we pledge allegiance. That demand, as Professor Feldman just explained, constituted an abuse of power. So like other Trump toadies, Collins thinks he's being clever, but in reality makes a fool of himself. Need another example? Let's hear him when he was asked about Trump's perfect call. And to explain what happened. And Mr. Collins, I'll ask you and Mr. Reskin the same question. I mean, was the president's call with... President Zelensky perfect, as the uh, president has said, and was it appropriate for him to ask another country to investigate an American citizen? I find there was nothing I've said this before. There's nothing wrong with the call. And then when you look at it, and again, I'm frankly the last. <laughs> the problem we're having right now is, is exactly the last 15 minutes of this. Great oratory on a lot of things that mean nothing to this actual impeachment. I mean, we get down to the bottom line here. And, and, and I'm just going to leave it at that. Let him answer that question. I'll get back to it later because 
everything that's been thrown out here is exactly what the problem we've had in, in the discussion. And this idea of throwing law in fact, we've disproven the facts. We've talked about the law. Law and broken. They didn't put it in the, the Constitution. So I'm not. I can yell on both of them. I can talk about both of them. The problem we have here is, is this is the very problem we have. And I'll just address one thing before I let it back. Or, or if you want me to switch right now, I will. No, I mean, that's okay. Mr. Mr. I'll give it to him. So there you have fast talking Doug Collins hemming and hauling over answering a simple question. So Doug Collins would have been a good candidate for the Dumb and Dumber session. There's one other that I would like to mention, and that's John Kennedy. Senator, President Trump told Bob Woodward the first week of February that he knew the coronavirus could be spread through the air and that it was more deadly than the flu. But two weeks later, he said at a rally that coronavirus was the Democrats' new hoax. Is that acceptable to you? Is that misleading the public? You're talking about the uh, the Woodward book? Yes, the Woodward book. Yeah. Um, all I can do is share with you my point of view, Pamela. Uh, these, these gotcha books don't really interest me that much. He's on the record. He's on the They're, record. These, these gotcha books don't really interest me that much. So another example of a stammering toady of Donald Trump either ignoring or pretending that things that Trump has done hasn't existed. So in my quest to find heroes, I've pointed out ones that do not definitely fit the script. So next week, hopefully I'll reveal. But before I go, I want to reach out and extend a big thank you to the people of Georgia in the recent election and the results of that election. Georgia, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Georgia Georgia The whole day through There's that old sweet song That keeps you, Georgia On my mind Oh, Georgia Georgia